This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. say about who God created us to be and there's so there's so many ways there's so many lenses that we might be tempted to view ourselves or to view others and so um, it, it, it could be the way we look it could be what we do um, but what does the Bible say about who you and I are and so we're just going to look at, at three during our three sessions together we're just going to look in the scripture about uh, who am I uh, who does the Bible say I am? And so uh, the first thing we're going to see together today is the Bible says that we are a new, uh, a new creation. That for those of us who know and love Jesus, for uh, those of us who have been born again, the Bible says that we are a new creation. And, and so uh, Paul would say the old things are passed away and all things are new. Um, and so I want to invite you to turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. In the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel in chapter uh, 36, Ezekiel uh, chapter 36. And we're going to spend just a few moments looking at what does it mean to be a new creation? Ezekiel uh, chapter 36, beginning in verse 22. Um, now, in its immediate context, uh, Ezekiel um, is, is speaking to the people of God. Uh, the nation of Israel, but certainly I believe it applies to you and I today as we are uh, the church, the people of God. And so uh, Ezekiel is speaking on behalf of the Lord uh, to the people. And so God is giving him the words to say, the instructions. And so uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, uh, beginning in verse 22, and this is what uh, the Lord says. Uh, God says, therefore, say to the Israelites, This is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things. But for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. Now, I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations. The name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy through you before their eyes. And watch what the Lord does. For I will take you out of the nations and I will gather you from all of the countries and bring you back into your own land. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit in you and I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just uh, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just pray that right now by your Holy Spirit that you would open our minds and give us understanding. We pray that uh, you would soften our hearts and uh, give us the ability to follow uh, what you would have us to do. We pray that uh, you would use your word, Holy Spirit, to change us, to transform us. And so we pray that you 
might speak to us, your people. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Ezekiel says uh, that for, for those of us who know and love Jesus, that we are a new creation. And we're just going to quickly see a couple of truths uh, related to what it means to be a new creation. Number one, we see this. That as a new creation in Christ, I've been forgiven of my sins. As a new creation in Christ, I have been forgiven of my sins. Look what it says in verse 25. Uh, verse 25 says this. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all of your idols. Isn't it amazing to think about the fact that as a new creation, that we are forgiven of our sins? You know, last night I asked us this question. If there is one thing that, that you could just leave here in Buxton, just one thing that the Lord could just reach into your life, reach into your heart, and just remove from you, what would it be? Maybe, maybe for you it might be guilt over past sins. Maybe shame that you carry from, from past mistakes that you've made. Uh, and the Bible says that the wonderful thing is that he who the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. And that when we are forgiven, uh, we are forgiven and it is forgotten. In fact, the Bible says that when God forgives us of our sins, he cast our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. The psalmist says that's amazing. Like because God is God, he can choose to, to not remember our sins. That is amazing. Uh, the, the Bible says that he separates us from our sins as the east is from the west. Now, now think about that. Um, if, if you and I go on a hike uh, and we start going north. Now, we know that the world is round, right? That, that's kind of been proven. And so the world is round. And so therefore, if we start walking north and we just keep going, I mean, we, we just keep on going and we're, you know, we're Norway and we just keep going and we make it to, uh, to the North Pole, stop in, we see the Claus family, we keep going. Eventually, which way do we start walking? South. If we keep going south, right, we, we hang out and we have a great time. We end up in the South Pole. We swim with the penguins. And then eventually what happens? We start going which direction again? North. Okay. If you start going east, you are always going east. You have to come back on yourself. If you start going west, you are always going which direction? Now, we could go home now and we'd learn something. Amen. <laughs> it's, it's been an informative, educational weekend away. We got some geography in there, right? So when he says that, that he separates our sin as the east from the west, the east and west never meet. And he says that means when he forgave you of that sin that you still feel guilt over, it is gone. Never to be brought up again. Isn't that wonderful? And so uh, we need to know, first and foremost, guys, we are forgiven. We are forgiven. And sometimes the enemy comes along and he whispers in our ears. And he says things like, you, you can't get up there and speak. They don't, you, you, know, you remember what you did. You were phony. You, you can't leave that, that small group. Don't you remember what you did in university? You, you can never be a deacon or an elder. Don't, don't you remember what you did? See, that the enemy always speaks shame and guilt and condemnation. But the Bible says, in Christ we are forgiven. Amen, church? Amen. We are forgiven. We are not perfect. 
We are sinners under construction. God is still building us and making us, and we're not there yet. We want to see that uh, this afternoon. But here's the truth. We may not be who we will be one day, but praise God, we are not who we used to be. And so in Christ, you are forgiven. And maybe that's just the word you needed to hear this weekend is that, that when you brought that to Jesus and you, you gave it to him, he nailed it to the cross and it is <coughs> in Christ. Uh, we are forgiven. Uh, I've been forgiven of my sins as a new creation. I am forgiven. Uh, secondly, we see this. There's a new creation in Christ. Not only have my sins been forgiven, but as a new creation in Christ, I've been given a new heart. As a new creation in Christ, I have been given a new heart. Look at verse 26. He says this. And I will take uh, and I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. As a new creation in Christ, I've been forgiven of my sins, but as a new creation in Christ, uh, I have been given a new heart. And, you know, we'll even use the phrase uh, hard heart. And, and it comes from this passage, that idea of a heart of stone, a heart of rock. And he says, before we knew Jesus, that, that's the heart that we had. It was, you know, I picture kind of Ebenezer Scrooge, just the, this heart that's really hard and cold and uh, self-centered and inward focused. He says, but in Christ... We've been forgiven of our sins, and in Christ, He's taken our heart of stone and give us a, a heart of flesh, something that's tender and compassionate and, and focused on others. And so uh, there are a couple of things we can do with this new heart, um, and these would just be ideas throughout Scripture. He would say this, that first of all, with my new heart, I can love God. With my new heart, I can love God. Uh, I did not grow up in church um, we never owned a Bible in our home. Uh, I, I never heard the gospel growing up. Um, and so um, I, I didn't know anything of the Lord. And, and I can remember at some point uh, in uh, I was just starting secondary school and the Gideons came to our secondary school. And, you know, those little New Testaments they had. And, uh, and I can remember uh, being given a Gideon's New Testament. It was the first Bible. I was probably about 12 years old is the first Bible I'd ever touched with my hands. And I remember taking it home and trying to read it. Um, and it, and, and I, I got through about uh, a half a page. And I remember closing it thinking, that makes absolutely no sense. Not that I didn't want to believe, but it, it, it just didn't make sense to me. And, and over the years, before I became a believer, as I got older, into my teenage years and up, uh, uh, occasionally I would pull that little green Gideon New Testament out. And I would try to give it another go, but it just never made sense. Because here's the thing, uh, a heart of stone can't uh, comprehend a living God. Uh, a, a dead person can't have fellowship with the living. And, and the truth is, it, it was more than just a translation issue. It was a heart issue. Um, and then as I got older, actually, I had no desire to know God or the things of God. But once we have a heart transplant, we now have this desire to know God and to love him. Isn't that amazing? Uh, when he gives us a new heart, suddenly this God we were never interested in. We have this desire to know him and, and love him and serve him. But also with a new heart, not only can we love God, but we can love others. We can love others. In fact, you remember the, uh, the, the religious leaders and, and the uh, scholars came to Jesus one day and they said, what is the most important commandment? In fact, they said, Jesus, if you could summarize the whole Old Testament, 
What's the most important bit? And remember what Jesus said. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he adds one that they didn't ask for. He says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And one of the guys is being a bit cheeky and he says, well, who's my neighbor? And uh, Jesus tells the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so Jesus says to, to be a believer is to love God and to love others. In fact, I was, uh, uh, this was a couple years ago, I was at the eye doctor. And I didn't realize until I got there that, uh, that I had a new eye doctor, that my eye doctor had left. And so when I got there, they said, well, you have a new eye doctor. And so I had to fill out all the paperwork again. And so when it came down to occupation, um, I usually put things like astronaut or um, <laughs> underwater archaeologist just, just to get a conversation going. And so Christie's was like, you cannot put your astronaut. I'm like, I already did. And so, um, but I was in a hurry. And so I just put like, um, I think I just put pastor because I was in a bit of a hurry. So I just wrote pastor. And, uh, and so I'm in the examining room and, uh, and I'm waiting for the new eye doctor to come in. And when he comes in, he is not a he, uh, he is a she. And uh, she is Muslim and she's completely covered up except for her face. And, um, and so she comes in and she introduces herself and I introduce myself and we do the eye exam. If you've ever had one of those, you know, left, right, better, worse, all those things. And we do the eye exam. And when we finish, she says, she says, I'm looking at your paperwork and I see that you're a pastor. I said, yes. And she said, so does that mean like you're a Christian? I said, I am. She said, well, as you can probably tell, I'm a Muslim. And um, she said, my next appointment has canceled. Um, she said, I've got 20 minutes free. She said, would you explain to me what it means to be a Christian? Um, and I said, I would love to, but I'm actually in a rush and I don't have time. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, I was like, wow, yeah, I would love to share with you. And it's one of those moments you always think you'll be ready for. Uh, and I was like, oh, Lord, what do you want me to say? And, uh, and the Lord just laid upon me what Jesus said. And I just said, well, you know what? To be a Christian means to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and your strength. And so someone who's a Christian, someone who wants to love God with every part of their life. She said, that sounds really good. I said, yeah. I said, the second thing is we want to love our neighbor as ourselves. I said, so we want to treat people the way we would want them to treat us. She said, that sounds really good as well. I said, absolutely. I said, but here's the thing. The Bible says we can only do those two things if God gives us a new heart. And I said the only way we can have a new heart is through Jesus Christ and through accepting his death and resurrection and, uh, and loving him and following him. Because at the heart of what it means to follow Jesus, that's it, isn't it? To follow Jesus is to love God and to love others. But we can only do it with a new heart. But I, th I think there's a third aspect, and it's this. And, and I want to make sure I'm clear on how we look at this. We love God, we love others. But with a new heart, I can love who God made me to be. I can love who God made me to be. Now, I'm not talking about some kind of new age, love yourself, self-help. That, that's not what we're saying. But what we're saying is this, is that with a new heart, we, yes, we love God and we love others. But with this new heart, we, we, we can love who God made us to be. So many people spend their life trying to be someone they're not. Um, I read a fascinating article. This was over the summer. It was in Time Magazine from the United States. It said at Harvard University, um, a, a psychology professor at Harvard 
set out to do a project uh, with senior citizens. And so he took a group of a thousand men and women all over the age of 75. A thousand, so no one here would qualify. Amen? <laughs> Just go with that. Um, a thousand men and women over the age of 75. And he asked them one question. And the question was this. If you could live your life over and you could change one thing, what would you change? A thousand men and women over the age of 75, if you could live your life over and change one thing, what would you change? And so he said that his the expectation was people would say, spend more time with family, I would get a different job, I would travel more, whatever it may be. This was amazing. 95% of the group had the same number one answer. 95% of a thousand people. The number one answer was this. If I could live my life over, the number one thing I would do, I would care less about what people thought of me. I would care less about what people thought of me. And what they said was this, that now that I'm in my 70s and 80s and I look back on my life, I realize how many life choices I made based on what I thought other people would think of me. And if I could live my life over, I wouldn't care. And you know what? I think there's something to be said there for even those of us who love Jesus. That sometimes if we're not careful, we will spend our life trying to be someone we're not. And we'll try to fit into a mold and, and we'll try to uh, do all of the things that God never made you to do. If, if he wanted you to be someone else, guess what? You'd be someone else. I mean, you would be. And so just embrace the person that God's made you to be. I'm not saying we don't grow. I'm not saying we don't develop. I'm not saying those kind of things. But what I am saying is, if in God's plan, his plan was you for you to be five foot nine, just love being five foot nine. Amen. Right. I'm, I've come to the conclusion I'm hobbit sized and I'm OK with that. Like I'm embracing that. Right. Like just sometimes we, we, we try to look like someone that we're not meant to look like. We try to act like someone that not, we're not meant to act like. Just be you. And here's the amazing thing. And, it, and it's the truth. You are the only one of you in the whole universe. You are the only one of you in the universe. Why try to be someone else? In the history of humanity, there will only be one you. And God chose for you to be you. And so with your new heart... You can just be all right with that. Does, that. does that make sense? So every person is special. Every person is valuable. Every person is beautiful. Every person is amazing. Why? Because we are made by a beautiful, amazing God. And we have been made in His image. And you have value, not because of who you are, but you have value because of who made you. Let me say that again. You have value, not because of who you are, you have value because of who made you. Uh, we were at the range. Do you, do you have one of those? Yeah. Okay. In Gainesboro? Or roundabout Gainesboro? I'm going to confess, I don't even know where Gainesboro is. I thought it was Scotland until like last night. So I have no clue. Uh, uh, we were at the range once, and they. Uh, I decided I was going to take up art. And I was going to be an artist. And so I was looking to purchase a paint-by-number Mona Lisa. <laughs> Why's that funny? I was going to be an artist, and my first work was going to be a paint by number Mona Lisa. And so Christy's like, Are you buying a paint by number Mona Lisa? And I'm like, Duh. 
yes, I'm going to become an artist. And so um, I didn't get it, sad face, but it would have been amazing. And it was paint by number, so it was just like number one, do green, number, paint by number, right? Now, let's say I would have done it, and let's say I did my paint by number Mona Lisa, and then I put it on eBay. How much do you think I could get for it? It costs five ninety nine. Just to, just to help you know what the bidding would start. Less than less than, uh, less than yeah. Slightly used paint by number Mona Lisa. Less than five ninety nine. Let me ask you this: If we went to Paris to the Louvre and saw the Mona Lisa, how much is it worth? Price. What's the difference? The difference is the man who painted it. The difference is the man who painted it. Are you with me? What makes the Mona Lisa valuable, by the way, I don't know if any of you ever have seen it. it, it it's like that big. It, it's, isn't it? Like it's, it's really unimpressive when you see it. And you are looking like, uh, Max was probably about three or four when we went. He's like, is that what we came for? <laughs> A grumpy woman? You know, in the old, so what makes this, this, this painting? It's because you painted it, right? What makes you valuable? It's the man who created you. So you are beautiful and you are loved. We're going to do something really un British and you're going to feel really awkward, but it's going to be amazing. I want you to look at the person beside you and say, You are beautiful and God loves you. Go. You are beautiful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just got to talk else. Yeah. So here's, here's the amazing thing. Look around the room. No one is frowning. No one is frowning. Can I tell you what? That's the truth. You are beautiful and God loves you. With your new heart, you can know that. So as a new creation, I've been forgiven of my sins. As a new creation, I have a new heart. With third, we see this. There's a new creation. Uh, I've been given a new spirit. There's a new creation. Uh, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Look what he says there in verse 27. Verse 27, he says this. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. As someone who loves Jesus and follows him, we've been forgiven of our sins. As someone who loves Jesus and, and follows him, we've been given a new heart. But then thirdly, as, as someone who loves Jesus and follows him, we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. Now, uh, just as with our new heart, there are a couple of things we can do. Uh, now that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we see this. Three things uh, that, that he points to here in verse 27. Uh, first is this, with the Holy Spirit, I can be led by God. Look what he says there. And I will put my spirit in you and move you. Um, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we can be led by God. He can direct us. Um, uh, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He will guide your paths. And so with the Holy Spirit, we can be led uh, by him. He can guide us on the paths. And uh, the truth is this, that, that just as this beautiful artist has made you and you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you are beautiful and special and unique, 
uh, he also has a wonderful, a beautiful path for you. Uh, and, and your life is not going to look exactly like mine. Uh, and the path he has for you, and in many ways will be the same as mine, but at some points it might be different. And, and with the Holy Spirit, he can lead us. He, he shows us which job to take. He, he shows us which university to attend. He, he shows us which neighborhood to, to live in and to do ministry. He, he leads us. Uh, we, we know Psalm 23, right? He leads us beside still waters. And so it's when the Holy Spirit is in us that that still small voice leads us where God uh, would have us to go. But with the Spirit, look what he says. He says, we are led by God. Uh, I will move you. Uh, but then with the Holy Spirit, we can obey God. He says, I will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It's by the Holy Spirit that we're able to obey um, the Lord. I, I've been meeting up with um, with a gentleman by the name of Ian. And uh, Ian is uh, um, not a believer. He's, uh, he says he's agnostic. Um, he's an amazing guy. He's a comic book writer. He writes for Marvel and DC Comics. He's written a couple series for Netflix. And he's just a really creative, really nice guy. And, uh, and we were meeting up for coffee about two weeks ago. And uh, we went through the Gospel of Mark together. And Christianity explored over the summer. And we're about to start studying the Bible together. And, uh, and he said this. He said, you know what? He, he said, um, again, not, not a believer. Um, he said, I've been, I've been thinking about some of the things that, that Jesus said. I said, yeah. He said, that they just seem impossible. I said, like what? He said, like, was he saying that we're supposed to love our enemies? I said, yeah. He said, and like, I was reading that when people curse us, we're supposed to pray for them. I'm like, yeah. He's like, and if somebody hits me on one side of my face, I need to let them hit me on the other side of the face. I'm like, yeah. He's like, this is nuts. Like, this is, this is impossible. Who can do this? And I said, no one. It is impossible. That's the point. We can't do it. He said, well, then how do you even try to do it? And I said, we are able to do it because as someone who knows and loves Jesus, he puts his spirit inside us so that we can do the things he asks us to do. Isn't that amazing? He asks us to do something and then he gives us the ability to do it. For, for without that, who of us could love our enemies? I mean, who, who would want to go the extra mile? Who would... Who would want to pray for those who spitefully use us or bless those who curse us? It's just not the way we're wired up naturally. But, but when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can obey Jesus. He gives us what we need to obey Him. That is an amazing act of grace. It's an amazing act of grace. We use example, we have a, a little boy at our church, Joseph, and his mom was sharing with us one year that for Mother's Day, um, he went to her, and uh, Joseph was probably about five at the time, and he said, Mom, can I have 10 pounds so I can buy you a Mother's Day present? And we said, what'd you do? And she said, I gave him 15. <laughs> right? now, now watch this. He knew that the only way he could show his mom that he loved her was for his mom to give him what he needed to do. Isn't that great? The only way I can obey Jesus is for him to give me the very thing I need so that I can obey him. And so it's the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is in us, and so we are led by him. Uh, the Holy Spirit is in us so we can obey uh, the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. But then we see that with the Holy Spirit, we can serve Jesus. Um, all of us have been given spiritual gifts, the Bible says. And we use those gifts 
uh, to glorify God by serving the church and serving others outside the church. And so each of you, and maybe you know what yours is, maybe you don't, uh, but, but every one of us who know and love Jesus have been given at least one gift. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit empowers us and fills us to serve one another and to serve those in the community. And so uh, you're a new creation. You've been forgiven of your sins. You have a new heart. You have a new spirit. But finally, we see this, number four, uh, that as a new creation uh, in Christ, I can abide in the blessings of God. As a new creation in Christ, I can abide in the blessings of God. Verse 28 says this, And then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors, and you will be my people, and I will be your God. Isn't that good news? He, he says, As a new creation in Christ, I can abide in the blessings of God. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. Do you remember? The Bible says it was a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, I don't think that's all that was there, but uh, it, there's a bit of symbolism there. Probably there was actual milk and honey, but it's symbolic. It, it, it was a land of bounty. It was a land that was overflowing with the good things of God. A land that was overflowing with the good things of God, which, by the way, I think every local church should be a little example of that. We should be a group of people gathered together who are abiding in the overflowing good things of God. That, that, I think every church should be a little oasis of the promised land. And that when unbelievers walk into Hope Church on a Sunday morning, they just experience something they've never felt, never heard or seen before. And it's a little appetizer of the promised land. That, that when we come together, we abide in the blessings of God. Are we perfect people? Absolutely not. Do we love and serve a perfect God? Absolutely we do. And the Bible says he delights in blessing us. Think about that. And by the way, I'm not talking about cars and houses. I'm talking about something much more precious. Like peace that passes understanding. Like love that's incomprehensible. Like joy and gentleness and kindness and, and all of the fruit of the Spirit. That, that we abide in the blessings of God. And he delights in blessing his children. Delights in it. Uh, if, if you have children or grandchildren, um, uh, you know that the, the, the joy of Christmas is just watching your children. Is it not? Um, I, I can remember uh, when, when our kids were little, and, uh, and we, you, know, you remember those days when you would spend all that money on all those amazing presents, and then they would spend all day like playing with the empty box. Remember? And that was like their best part was the actual box the toy came in, right? That was okay. You could just sit there and watch them play in the box all day because your delight was in watching them enjoy your blessing. Let me say that again. Your delight was in watching them enjoy the blessing you had given them. How much more, how much more does our Heavenly Father Enjoy watching us delight in the blessings he's given us. The Bible says he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He is a good, good God. Even to those who don't know him. Even to my friend Ian, God has been good. Because he's a good God. And he is fatherly towards all. But he is father to those who know him and love him. And he delights in blessing us, his people. And the Bible says that one day that that blessing will come to full fruition when we will pass from this life to the next.
and we will spend all eternity with him. Will that not be amazing? Uh, there's, there's an old hymn that we sing. Uh, I don't know if you sing it in England, but it's called When We All Get to Heaven. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus and shout the victory. That's right. Isn't that amazing? Uh, Christy's grandmother loved the Lord with all her heart. And um, when uh, she won Christmas, she was in the hospital. And uh, we, we went to visit. And uh, I went up to the hospital to visit uh, Grandma. And uh, I was helping her eat lunch. She couldn't feed herself, and so I was feeding her lunch. And uh, we heard Christmas carols coming down <coughs> the hall. And uh, uh, soon there was a, a knock on the door. And there was a pastor from a local church and had about 15 church members. And they were there at Christmas going up and down the rooms of the hospital singing Christmas carols. And they came in and they said, would, would, would you like for us to sing a Christmas carol? And leaned, leaned over to Christy's grandma and said, would you like the Christmas carol? And she said, mm-hmm. And she said, which one? And she said, when we all get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the one? When we all get to heaven. And they all looked at one another and said, silent night? And I said, when we all get to heaven. And they all went out in the hallway, regrouped, came back in. I'll never forget, we all just wept. We didn't know any of these people, but we all just started to weep. And in the living room around Grandma's bedside, singing when we all get to heaven, what a glorious name that You are a new creation. Your sins are gone. Leave them at the cross. That's where Jesus died. You have a new heart. Love God. Love others. Love the person God made you to be. Quit trying to be someone else. Quit trying to please others. Please your Lord. Serve Him. You have a new spirit. And with the spirit, you can obey God and and you can be led by him and, and you can serve others. But then finally, know this. This world is not our home. We are just passing. Enjoy his blessings now. But live in the hope that one day you will enjoy them forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that through your death and resurrection that uh, we can be a new creation. Jesus, we thank you that as a new creation, our sins are forgiven. We thank you, Jesus, that uh, you take our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. We thank you, Jesus, that you place your Holy Spirit in us so that we can obey you and, and serve you and serve others. We thank you, Jesus, that you delight in blessing us, your people, and that one day we will enjoy your blessings forever and ever. Lord Jesus, I pray that if there might be one who's here this morning and maybe there's never been that day that, that they've surrendered their life to you and known you as Lord and Savior. I pray that uh, over the course of this weekend they would speak to me, speak to uh, Pastor Matthew, that they would speak to someone, that they would know that they know you, Lord Jesus. I pray for us, Lord, who are believers. We we know we're born again, but maybe we've come this weekend and, and we're just struggling in our walk with you. Jesus, maybe there are things we desperately need you to remove from our lives things we desperately need you to place into our lives. We thank you that you are waiting and willing to do so. We pray for each of us that you might work in and through us for your glory and for our good. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.